James, uh, the conversation with Vlad today was so cool. I mean, to me, I've never, I've been in this business, you know, a long time. I've never quite seen something like this. I think our, our listeners are going to be really intrigued by the opportunity this presents. Yeah, making your, I call it double dipping. You're making residual yeah. right now from acquiring. Right. What if you made residual from issuing? Yeah. Right. So business banking, making residual income by providing business banking services. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's really cool. I know Vlad really well. I, I was at their big rollout event. And so I told him when I was there, like, oh, my word, we got to get you on the podcast. This is revolutionary. Right. Um, so yeah. it was a great conversation for sure. They're, you know, everybody's going to want to check it out. Then questions in the field. I talk about how to buy merchant accounts without buying the portfolio. Yeah. So this yeah, is not what you, when you stuff. think of a buyout, you think of buying a portfolio. I'm going to talk to you about how to leverage your capital for marketing mm-hmm. and to buy accounts in that way. And then Patty, tell us about uh, very interesting insiders today. Yeah, very interesting. A new um, uh, advertising campaign um, to sort of go against uh, the new Durban amendment that we have talked about. Um, just think about, and, and it's let's just say in the minds of some businesses, it's pointless. Yeah. Awesome. Let's go. Welcome to the Merchant Sales Podcast. Everybody, Patty and I are here today with Vlad, who is the CEO and the TV. How are you doing today, Vlad? Great. Thanks for having me. We are Great glad to have you. Have you. Uh, I've been very much looking forward to this conversation, actually for a really long time, um, because I've been following neo banking and banking services and all of this and kind of wondering who's going to bring this to the ISO world and kind of revolutionize the ISO world with business banking. And I've had a few kind of false starts here and there trying to find people super excited that what you're doing at Nativia. But before we dive into business banking and how that's really going to change the game for the ISO community, Vlad, give us a little bit of your story. Like, how'd you get into this crazy industry? And then what's kind of been your journey leading up to this, you know, focus on business banking? So I started in this business uh, about 27 years ago um, uh, as a sales rep for what later became First Data that used to be with Citibank. And I've gone through um, the journey from being an installer to uh, a sales rep, to an ISO owner, to um, an executive and publicly traded company, um, uh, to back into being the ISO owner again. And uh, when I, by chance, well, not by chance, but by by virtue of uh, creating this uh, new company in Ativia, uh, became um, an effectively an ISO owner, I decided that I don't think that I want to be an ISO owner anymore. Um, and I want to be a fintech. And uh, it's easier said than done. Yeah. And so uh, the first question I wanted to, I wanted to basically answer to myself is how do I become a fintech as an ISO? Um, I'm labeled. Um, um, my, my, my revenue goes to Clover. How do I become a fintech? Uh, what is that? What is that product that's going to change? Uh, and, and complement to every customer that I have in the portfolio. Yeah. And that's what led me to issuing and eventually to banking. So um, uh, we played a, l- a little bit around with issuing through some of the existing programs in the market space today, on the marketplace today. And um, um, it didn't work. It was clumsy. It, it, yeah. it, was, it was very non-flexible solutions. My merchants on a beta test struggled. And so um, if you can't find a solution, I guess you have to build it. We have a little bit of a technical background team. And um, I came to my IT guys and said, guys, we're going to do banking. And they looked at me as if I'm crazy. And a year later, we're um, here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Releasing the banking app. 
Yeah. So um, I got the opportunity to uh, be, you know, live in person there when, when Vlad rolled this out. And so I was on a panel there at the event. Uh, it was pretty cool. For those of you that don't, you know, some of our audience may not be familiar with Nativia, but, you know, kind of positioning where you're at, you mentioned you're an ISO owner. I mean, I, personally, I would kind of define you more as kind of the super ISO where, right. So you've got a lot of ISOs kind of underneath you that are leveraging your services. You're trying to be, bring this banking service to them. Um, what I would love for you to do here is zoom out a little bit for our audience who probably all they know about business banking at this point is that, you know, you get a, you get a checking account. So, you know, what is this disruption? Like what, what made you look at the next three to five years and say, okay, wait a minute, we need to do business banking and we need to bring it to the ISO agent channel. You know, give us a little context of why you think this is important and, and what this disruption looks like. So first and foremost, um, I don't believe that there's a single um, agent in this country or single ISO in this country that has never lost a merchant account due to the fact that the customer went to the bank right. to open up a bank account, then opened up the bank account and right away was offered merchant services. And they signed up right there in the bank, and the and 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 the agent and the ISO lost uh, lost that sale that they were hoping to get by sending the merchant over to the bank to open up a bank account. So number one is it addresses the the pain point that every ISO agent in this in this industry has losing an account due to due to that circumstance. Um, I've lost countless of accounts, so you know I don't even count them any, anymore, but you know, it, it's been a pain point for years. So in a way it's, a, it's a small, small guy trying to bring back the fact that we can actually do that as well. Yeah. Um, um, number one, number two, uh, the financial technology companies such as Square and Stripe, they are doing it. So they're ready ahead. They're ready um, attracting customers with right. their banking services. And uh, we get a lot of calls into our help desk stating, you know, if I'm switching over from Square and I have a Square checking account, can I process with you? Uh, and so that's that's a that's a big uh, that's a big factor into why uh, it's it's important now. And third is the trend of COVID. Uh, COVID changed how people view banking. Before, uh, everybody wanted to go to the bank to do their transaction. COVID taught everybody. You can do your banking on the mobile device without ever going into the branch. And so the branches today are, you know, for the most part, every bank out there is looking to close branches, except for maybe Chase, that is growing their branch network. Um, due to the fact that people don't want to do transactional banking anymore, they view uh, the, the going to the bank um, um, scenario as, as an advisory role. You know, how do I do something uh, that, that is not related to, you know, make my deposits, make my transactions, et cetera. So the role of the bank um, overall in the, in, 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 the, in the industry and in this country is changing rapidly. And that is why the time for it is now. This, these are the trends of the last five years. These are the, not the trends of the last decade. And those, these are very powerful trends where the, the country and the consumers and the small businesses are ready to accept this type of uh, interaction with their bank. So if you would, if you don't mind, Vlad, maybe you could explain to, to our audience and, and to me as well, um, the, the difference between a traditional bank and the services that Nativia is, is, is offering. And what, and also, you know, I'm curious, does this totally, um, 
you know, um, edge the bank out of the relationship with the merchant? Or is there a role for the traditional bank to play? So the way that we view it is that um, there's definitely a role for a traditional bank to play. Uh, you'll still go to the bank to do, to, to do your mortgage. Uh, you'll still go to the bank to uh, probably get yourself a conventional loan um, um, on top of product, right? But what you're not going to go to the bank is to do an ACH or a wire or uh, get a deposit or uh, go to, to, to a nearest by ATM network uh, and, and, and retrieve some cash. Um, and most importantly is to provide some uh, ease of use on the mobile application. Our bank is completely mobile. It's completely digital. It's also branchless. You're not going to go into any branch of Nativia, um, not that I'm that I think of at this point, um, uh, at least not yet. And um, um, so we exist in a in a digital environment, uh, kind of like Uber Eats exists only in a digital environment when 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 you try to order your food. Right. 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 So yeah, I, think, um, I think one of the things too, I wanted to jump in and say, Vlad, that I thought was interesting. So as, as we were talking about before the podcast started, I just downloaded my the TV banking app and we, my, me and my uh, chief operating officer were playing with it. And, you know, one of the things that we're actually most excited about using it as a business, now, now I'm, I'm a business owner here, not an ISO agent, right? As a business owner, one of the most annoying things is, and this is a simple thing, but, you know, with our bank, for me to get my employees to be able to use money from our bank account is nearly impossible because, what am I going to get them a debit card in their own name? Like the bank doesn't even offer that. They have to be a signer on the account. Um, you know, if we go to spend money, you know, one time, uh, you know, a one-time use card or a virtual card or, you know, uh, whatever, like just traditional banks just have done a incredibly terrible job at that. They just don't provide spending controls, which is like a huge part of running your business financially. So I think it's things like that, that's this kind of neo-banking world and banking services, right? Like that's a big part of it is there's kind of these, in addition to saying there's some things that, um, you know, deposits and things where people don't want to go to the bank, but there's also some things that traditional banks have, have just done an incredibly bad job at that I think newer fintechs like what you're building are doing a better job. And is that is that kind of a part of it too that you see? That is that is absolutely correct, Jim. So now that we establish the difference between the, you know, what what can what what the customers or consumers or 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 the merchants, business owners, uh, would would like to do in, in, in within the digital world, how do we enhance that experience? And the number one thing in enhancing the experience is virtual cards, right? In our app, you can you can issue a virtual card in a matter of minutes, literally in a matter of minutes. And you can use that card as a one-time card use, or you can use that card as a recurring type of a card. Uh, and you can issue, you know, significant amount of these virtual cards. And any one of these virtual cards can become a physical card. So that that entire experience of me being able to use uh, the courts in 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 a ways for in in a ways not not absorbed by any any financial institution that are that are top financial institutions is number one mind boggling how easy it is that actually to do it I mean we've done it as a small company right and a relatively small company compared to Chase and uh, um, at the same time um, the inability for a, a traditional business owner not to get it through through uh, through banks like Chase Bank of America Wells Fargo that's that's mind boggling in the first place. And then on that, we're obviously going to capitalize. And there's many, many uses. As a business owner myself, you know, if I go online, I'm going to use a virtual card. I am not going to use my main card. If if I go to um, on a trip, I'll issue myself a card, get myself a, 
get myself a physical card to go with it if I if I like to go with it, go on the trip, uh, use that card. It's connected to my main account. Come back from the trip, close my card, and I'll never have fraud if I ever visit another country or anything else like that, and I can sleep at night. As opposed to going through the hustle of, oh, my card got stolen in the process. Mm-hmm. I have to reissue my card. In the meantime, I cannot use my card. I cannot use my bank account. None of that stuff is available to me. I have to hopefully use another card from another bank or somewhere else. And it's it's a pain. Not to mention the fact that, you know, if I if I get subject to fraud or a chargeback, you know, how does that get handled? Right. Right. Again, I'm out of out of usage of that particular card or a bank account of mine that I love. Right. In this particular case, it's utilizing one of my cards. I'm canceling that card. I'm right away starting a new one. In a couple of days, depending on shipping, we'll we'll ship you a new card overnight, two day, you know, regular, however, however you like. And you can start using an, a, another physical card in a matter of you know days, while at the same time continue to use virtual cards. So I enrolled my card into a, you know um, Apple Pay and, and Google Pay right away as soon as I open up my account, and right away I'm able to use it. None of the traditional banks are able to offer that. So that in itself, right, is a huge advantage of you know go forward digital banks. And in some in some fashion, the good news is that even Square doesn't provide something like this. They provide Square Cash Card, but they don't provide the same functionality for right. for for a business checking account, which is to me right. also kind of mind-boggling. But that really is. They don't have like the basic yeah. business banking services, yeah, which is pretty crazy. Okay, yeah. so help me if you don't mind. Help me grasp the business model here. Okay, how do you make money, and how do your ISO partners make money? So it's actually a very funny story of, of, <laughs> of, of, of how we I came up with how the ISOs are going to make money. Uh, and I had to go to, to, to the roots of a friend of mine who used to be a business banker at Chase Bank at the time when I was a merchant service sales rep for Chase Bank. And he always used to tell me how he makes money. He has uh, something called RIP dollars, which were, you know, Chase, in, Chase internal points. And so um, the way that Chase pays their, their, their bankers is they pay them on three things. Number one, the money that they bring in into the bank, which is what's called new money. Number two, uh, the balances that their customers keep. And number three, on the products that uh, they sign up customers for. So whether it's being a merchant account, they made a lot of money doing that. So I was the rep doing the work and they were doing those rib dollars on me all day long. and uh, any other products that at the time Chase provided. So um, as we were thinking about how to, um, um, how to compensate uh, uh, the ISA community and, 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 and the reps and understand that we need to you know, create different programs for different level of ISAs, et cetera, um, it was a very long uh, discussion. And in the end, I remembered my friend from years ago. And so our comp structure is exactly like Chase or any other bank out there. You get paid on new money bringing in, along with the merchant. You get paid on balances your customers maintain, and you get, pa- and you get paid on card spend. So you get paid every which way, the customer, us, and you make money exactly in the same way that the customer and us make. Why the customer makes money? The customer makes money on the interest rate as they, as they keep the balances with us. They get welcome bonus as they bring the money to us. 
and they also get a cash back on the cards as they use it. The sales reps and the ISOs make money exactly the same way, and we make money exactly the same way. Yeah, and I want to let's I want to like dig into this for just a second, Vlad, before we move on, because like this is such a like crazy revolutionary idea. Yeah, very unique. Our our audience is probably like, wait a second, what did he just say? What did he say? Let me me back up for a minute here. So you know what we're saying is, and I want to clarify. Okay, I'm an ISO or I'm an agent, and I'm currently selling payment processing services. You're telling me that now by partnering with Nativia, I can sell business banking. I can go to a business owner as a salesperson, as an ISO and say, I am the bank, or I'm, I, I, pro- I shouldn't say that. I provide banking services. So I think that's more compliant. And Correct. I'm going to like, right? Like I'm going to let you have your own business bank account. It's got all these really cool features, great APR, cash back on, on spend. So it's got all these great features that I will talk about more in a minute. But me as the agent, the ISO, I am going to make residual income, just like I make on payment processing. I'm going to make residual income based on, I think you said it was money in. So when people bring money to their account on balances each month, so how much money is left in the account and whenever they use their card to spend money. Did everything I just say, was that all correct? Did I miss anything? You're 99.9% correct. Yeah, because let me ask you, because I just so the money that I bring into the account, the agent makes some money on. And also what's left of that balance at the end of the month, they make something on that as well. It's that- it's what it's it's so basically our concept starts from from the from the fact that the, what the customer makes, right? So we look at what the business makes with us and we extend those same exact benefits onto the ISO and agent community. That's how you should think about think about it. So if the customer today gets paid um, in our in our program two percent APR today. Uh, yearly APR, the agent and the ISO make money on that on that APR on their entire portfolio of customers, with the exact same limits and the exact same 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 stru- um, uh, structure as the customer as each one of their customers will. So this, this is a real game changer. I mean, yeah, see, I didn't I didn't brief Patty on this at all, Vlad. I wanted to see her reaction. Yeah, I'm just yeah. I thank you for not because I'm like totally floored by this because. It totally upends the the model. This is the biggest change that this industry have seen since the day residuals were created. Yeah. The only thing that's close to that that paid anywhere near this type of scenarios is cash advance, and uh, and, and and you know there you're you're um, you know you're selling very high high cost money, high, and yeah, yeah. You're 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 targeting customers that are, you know bad credit history and in some cases have nowhere else to go, right? This is not about that. This is about you getting a customer that is an absolutely prime customer that is getting more benefits than their traditional bank uh, provides Uh for for a specific vertical, a specific solution that would allow them to enhance their experience as a as, as a business owner right right segregate their bank accounts between what they're going to give to traditional bank and what they're going to give to the digital account um not canceling the two so we're not canceling the two we're we're still thinking that there's yeah one sort that, of like that, a working account and another sort of like a back-end account right it, i mean it's there's no there's there's no solution in the country that provides everything no, right right but right. if you if you focus us as as merchant service salespeople in this in this country, uh, and look at what we provide to the to the to the business owners, 
we provide their money into the bank account, right? Mm-hmm. And today with this service, we're going to be able to make them more money. So they're going to save with us more because we're going to pay more than a traditional bank will. Right, right. And um, we will also provide them with uh, spending habits that are going to make them more cash back than a traditional bank would utilizing their debit cards today. When right. I look at my portfolio of debit cards in, 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 in my acquiring portfolio, 46%, 46% debit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Out of that, we actually segregated business, business debit. And that's 19%. Wow. 19% debit cards. Yeah, wow. And when I look at at that 19% debit cards and I look at regulated debit, which means none of these business owners are getting any benefits whatsoever, cashback or whatnot, those business owners are getting shafted on on, on the usage and and they're still using those cards. So to to convince somebody that, you know, whether... the business is viable or not, all you got to do is to look into your existing merchant portfolio and really dissect the interchange categories that uh, you never paid attention to because, you know, let's face it, we'll get paid on interchange plus. Right, right, right. Yeah. Now, are there specific, I'm, I'm sorry, James, but I just want to, are there specific verticals that you're going after or is it sort of a broad a broad approach? It's, Everything you can sign. Anything that you for. can consider, right? It's a, it's a and, business and, that and, needs a check. If they have a merchant more. account, they can they can have an account with Nativia. I can tell you more. Um, it's not just merchant account. Mm-hmm. We have a product that that's part of our solution is going to be banking only. All right. So so there so it's a it can be it can be combined and say okay if you want to do processing with Nativia and banking there's obviously some benefits there I'd imagine really fast funding times things like that. Right, but you're saying you have this kind of standalone agnostic product where if you just want to sell right. business so banking, we, you can we, as well. We recognize, we recognize two simple facts. Fact number one is that uh, an average salesman and average ISO has a, you know, a merchant portfolio elsewhere. And we're not going to ask uh, th- those people to move the accounts to us just because the customer wants to do banking. We really want them to build a banking portfolio as a secondary revenue stream. Sure. And look at it as a separate business altogether. Right. And therefore, um, we would be more than happy to take a customer that 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 an ISO or an agent has and be able to do banking for them um, um, and never touch merchant accounts. Yeah, yeah. But this gives um, them the agent so much more to, to bring to the table. But exactly. I mean, and then yeah. and then there is and then there's categories that that could use our virtual cards uh, functionality. And um, a, a, a great case in point is contractor industry. Contractor industry traditionally is somewhat of a re- retail high-risk category to start with because it involves a high-average ticket. But most importantly, the contractors use a lot of the card to buy supplies, to sure. buy tools, to buy to rent to rent tools, and so forth and so on. And that's a category of what I call spend which is the credit card spend. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so in that scenario, the merchant account is not really relevant because um, an average merchant account for an average contractor is going to be three to $5,000. You're not making a lot of money doing that. But what that contractor does is they probably do double of that number on a monthly basis in the credit card spend. Sure. Yeah, and they're getting, and, and, so, they're, actually, and they're actually running, what you're saying is there are businesses that do a lot of, pro, that do a lot of revenue but may not do a lot of processing volume. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You're going to make you're going to make more money by right, providing the banking services. Is so much higher. Right. So you're going to make more money by providing them with banking services where you're dealing with all the revenue versus just card payment processing where might be only a small percentage of it. Correct. So not only not only not only it expands the opportunity to um, um, for for an average ISO or an agent to make more money um, in the in the areas where they previously didn't, but it also opens up a completely new verticals that are specifically geared towards banking services versus anything else. Okay, so I got to we're we're gonna you know run out of time pretty soon, so I want to rapid fire a few questions that you've led. Okay. So some things I think are important. Number one on my list right now is let's go feed on the street or, you know, on the phone, whatever you want to call it on, on Facebook groups, whatever it is, the individual agent, right? How does this change their approach to what they're selling in your mind? Where, how do you see this evolving as this is, as you know, business banking becomes like this key component of their value proposition? I think that um, uh, they'll have a a lot less uh, pushback if they lead with banking versus merchant services. And reality is we provide so much more benefits if if you combine the two mm-hmm. that it kind of becomes merchant services a value at proposition versus a merchant services leading proposition that is very beat up, that is very, very commoditized. Yeah, so they're literally going in. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about this before the interview, Vlad. There's a really good friend of mine, probably the top merchant sales rep in the country, actually. He sells two, 300 deals every year. And uh, one of the things he says a lot of times when he walks into a business is he says, hey, I'm here with the bank. I'm here to give you free money. It just gets people laughing. You know what I mean? Just to kind of break the ice and starts this whole conversation. Um, it's like, he could actually say that now, <laughs> right? Right, he can. <laughs> like, I really, right. <laughs> you know, so I think, yep. I think it's, I think that's super interesting. Um, question number two is, you know, talk to me about this kind of process, the sales process a little bit of like, I, you know, I kind of envision this as like super easy with sign up. So talk about the that as far as how does this fit into the narrative of like, you know, pitching a merchant with kind of bundling these services together versus I've got a portfolio of 10,000 mids, 5,000 mids, 1,000 mids, and I want to go after them. Talk about how you view those different um, opportunities for the ISO. So um, basically, we would love to lead by example in this, in this scenario. And so I'm more than happy to share our experience of how we prepare for something like this. So number one, we have about 25,000 customers in our, in our ISO, um, ISO, sport, ISO, ISO world today. Okay. And so what we've done is we ran a query and we've looked at which are, which are the customers that have already today digital accounts. And we found an astonishing, an astonishing number. 22% had digital accounts. Well, that, that that's we had pretty high. That's much higher than I would have expected. That's all those millennials, James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> those so, millennial so, entrepreneurs. Yeah, I've had my digital account for a long time, so I got. Uh-huh, I know. So, 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 so reality, is, so reality is number one. I think it's important for you to really understand what's your portfolio is like today from the banking perspective, and who's already ready for the game today. Right. And now that you're able to offer the solution, um, it's it's important to you know maybe a little bit learning of your competition once you know that that. That competition is already getting deposits from your merchants. Um, um, you know, create your top five for the existing portfolio, and then basically from there, um, go go ahead and offer an offer banking services. Right. And of course, uh, you know, I'm not gonna lie, uh, the biggest value is the fact that if you combine our merchant services with the banking services together, it will basically be the most valuable proposition to the merchant at the end of the day, um, because the of the agent. fact that. Uh, into the agent as well, uh, because because the fact that 
you know, obviously we have more revenue streams that we could leverage and, our, and therefore provide more benefits to the end user. And uh, with that, uh, you be, you know, the agent and the, and the ISO become a lot more competitive uh, going head to head with the digital uh, uh, banking competitors uh, once, they had, once they had identified them. Um, and uh, as far as the new customers concerned, well, the, the new customers is easy. I, I think that, again, um, your example, uh, James, from your friend uh, that leads with the banking, I think it's, uh, I think that's what should be should be the case. Uh, if you're if you're prospecting and canvassing door to door, I think that's 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 a much easier conversation. Um, yeah. People are not used to it. Uh, they'll get traction right away. They'll get referrals right away. Uh, we've beta tested it. It works phenomenally. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Um, yeah. I think it's I think it's going to be a, a huge uh, game changer. So. Um, all right, let's just let's cut to the chase here. So I think we got so much information out. This one of those things I think yeah, we got a like, lot here. I think it's kind of like drinking water of a fire hose. I think our audience is probably already like, okay, just give me the number already. Um, right. <laughs> so so Vlad, talk to us about. I know initially, um, you're mainly looking for ISO partners here. I know we had talked about this, and you're mainly looking for ISO partners. So talk about the kind of partnerships you're looking for, and then tell our audience where they need to go to learn more um, and talk to your team about this and and kind of that side of things. Right. So. Um, Basically, what we're looking for initially is um, we have um, structured um, our, our structure in, in, in two different ways. So um, an, an agent uh, that uh, currently an agent of, of, uh, of an ISOs, we have a partner and rolled out with uh, through about four or five of our trusted partners that we'll be rolling out uh, within the next uh, uh, week of, of, of this interview. Uh, that would be certified banking partners of Nativia. Um, if you are a registered ISO or have a team of sales reps and you are capable of doing um, um, significant business or you're a registered ISO or Pfizer for data, thesis, whatnot, uh, we'll gladly um, uh, discuss uh, more details with you and be able to um, um, train your staff and your team to be able to, um, um, uh, to be able to, uh, sell our banking services, get the systems in-house and uh, submit the applications and get the reporting that you need in order to function uh, with your agents. Um, so those those are our two primary avenues of distribution and how we, we will look at this. And then obviously uh, we'll be doing a lot of training, a lot of uh, uh, events this year, because as James, you rightfully mentioned, so I believe as well uh, as you are, this is a revolutionary product in this business. and. Um, thankfully, um, we're able to be the group that bring it to the market. I think this is going to be something that's going to be remembered. And um, I'm super excited about that opportunity. Not every day you can get you, you can get um, an opportunity to change the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I sure. agree. So where, where do they go to learn more about this, Vlad? Um, they can go to our Nativia website, www.nativia.com. Uh, and just choose um, uh, banking, online banking or uh, banking services. This is an excellent start to 2023. Yep, I love it. I forgot about that. Yeah, this is our first episode. So it's exciting. So everybody, if you're looking for value from our podcast, you just got it. So Vlad, thank you so much for sharing your insights with us. Really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thank you. James, thank you very much for having me, Patty. Great to meet you. Thank you very much. Hey, everybody. This edition of the Merchant Sales Podcast is brought to you by ISO AMP. ISO AMP, and this is one of my own companies. I thought I would take a month and talk about it. So first of all, I want to talk to you about statement analysis. There are certain processes in your business that simply need to be outsourced. 
Why? Because there are technological advances and efficiencies that companies can achieve when they focus only on one process. That's the case with ISOAMP and statement analysis. I have spent millions of dollars in about seven years of my life building the leading platform and really the only trusted provider of full service statement analysis. What that means is that you can fully outsource your statement analysis needs to ISOAMP. We're not just providing you with software that your team can use. We fully back up that software with our own in-house team of experts. This means you, if you're an expert doing statement analysis, or if you employ people who are statement experts, or maybe you are the CEO of the company of the ISO and you are doing the statement analysis yourself, you can completely outsource that because when you use our branded system for statement analysis, your agents and your partners, even your referral partners, banks, whoever, they can upload statements to our system or use our instant quote functionality. And that will go through to our team. We'll have as much of it automated as possible, but our human experts will jump in whenever needed. We do every statement. Every time we do it quickly, we do it accurately, okay? So if you're looking to outsource statement analysis completely and your team helps us set everything up, but allow the experts on that team to focus on helping agents close deals, head over to getisoamp.com, G-E-T-I-S-O-A-M-P.com, G-E-T-I-S-O-A-M-P.com. My name is James Shepard. Thanks so much for listening. This is Questions from the Field, brought to you by ccsalespro.com, the leader in merchant sales training and technology. If you're an individual merchant sales professional, visit ccsalespro.com forward slash training to get a free 14-day trial of our all-access pass. If you manage a team of merchant sales professionals, visit ccsalespro.com forward slash ISO to learn how we can help you grow. And now, here is Questions from the Field, with James Shepard. So Patty, in questions from the field, I want to answer a question I got from an agent, which was, uh, he's newer to the business, but he has capital. Mm -hmm. And he said, how do I go about buying a portfolio? I want to buy some portfolios to kind of jumpstart my residuals and right. Right. And I really haven't really talked about in a while. You know, we, we we talked, we did a couple of years ago about set buying and selling portfolios. Which so. was actually more about selling than buying. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Right. So I like this. Yeah. So my answer, I actually really liked. I typed it up and then I sent it and I was like, oh, I'm going to talk about that today. So um, my answer was don't. So in other right. words. I was thinking you were going to say that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So the idea is it is very becoming much more competitive. It's very hard to find people that want to sell a portfolio. And when you do, it's very competitive. Right. And so the thing I told them was I said, look, you can take this capital you have and use marketing spend in order to buy accounts much cheaper. So let me give you an example of the example I gave him. Okay. Kind of like Toast does, right? Exactly. Very much. Very similar. Let me give you the example I gave him. And I think this will really, I think some of you may have to listen to this twice because you're going to be like, James is insane. All right. So (laughs) here we go. So let's imagine I want to buy, let's say that part of a portfolio, there is a three location restaurant in my local market. Okay. And somebody else is doing the processing. And I know that I'm going to make $1,000 a month per location in residual. So this is probably going to be dual pricing. Nice. Okay? A dual mm-hmm. pricing account. Each location is doing $50,000 a month. I'm going to make $1,000 a month in residual per location. All three locations together, I'm going to make $3,000 a month in residual. Nice. Sweet. Okay. Okay. So I have two options. 
Option one, I try to buy these accounts from the existing provider. Now, the ISO or or whatever. The agent, whoever owns, whoever is currently Whoever owns the account. accounts, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if I do that, you know, a 30X would be $90,000. So let's say I get a pretty good deal on it. I get it for 60, 70,000. That would be my cost to buy those accounts. So that's like five years, right? Or no. Um, you mean a break even point? No, yeah. much less. Break even yeah, point there is 26 months, 24 26. months. Okay. Right. Right. So uh, yeah, because 60,000 would be a 20X. Right. That's what I was, yeah. I yeah, guess yeah, that yeah. A, yeah. So let's say it's 60 to 70,000 is my my price to buy these accounts. We're talking about a portfolio buyout. So I'm going to go, mm -hmm. I'm going to find a person and say, I want to buy these accounts. They're going to say, okay, give me 60 to $70,000 and you can have the stream of 3,000 a month forever. Now, let me give you the other way to do it and see if this resonates. What if instead of doing that, what if I walked into that restaurant and talked to the owner and said, hey, I've got an amazing program right now. That's the, you know, uh, we're trying to help uh, restaurants after the COVID and everything to really scale up. And what we're doing is we are providing a free point of sale solution to each location. We're covering the cost of the hardware, everything, right? Okay. The software, the whole yeah. deal. Yeah. And we're giving a $5,000 per location cash bonus when you sign a three-year agreement. Nice. Now, is that restaurant owner going to be interested in that? Absolutely. Sure. The restaurant owner is going to be scrambling to find a pen to sign the agreement. Okay. Mm -hmm. How much did that cost you? Well, let's say, let's say high side, you spent 5,000 per location on um, hardware, mm -hmm. right? So 15,000 for three mm -hmm. locations total. And you give them $5,000 bonus per location, cash bonus, 15,000. You spent $30,000. That's a 10 X, right? Versus a 20 to 30 X in a buyout. Yeah, sure. And, and you come away from that, it's your account. That merchant bought into you, mm -hmm. didn't buy it out. Now, now you buy the account. Now you got to go in there and try to make a relationship with somebody that didn't want a relationship with you in the first place. Right. So use your marketing dollar. So there's several ways that you can go about this. But I think what's super interesting to me is, and we, you know, I, this has been a common theme I talk about all the time is that our, our industry is, is absolutely pathetic at uh, allocation of capital. And so what we have to think about is with these, you know, with these, you know, resources that we have available to us, let's take those resources out and use them. So what I would really recommend, a couple of action steps real quick. If you are an individual agent and you have a nice residual income, let me encourage you to do something, okay? Think about how could you leverage capital to buy more accounts, not buying the portfolio, but using marketing, having the sign up bonus, having the free equipment, all of that. Then think about how can you get more capital to do that with? So could you go get an SBA loan? Could you get a line of credit from the bank? You know, whatever it is. Um, sure. I personally love using debt. I know some people will disagree, but I love using debt in this way because if I can go get money, I used to do this all the time. If I could go to get an SBA loan, right? And let's say they give me an SBA loan, you know, six years. Right now it's running probably 11, 12%. Right. Six years at 11, 12% and I'm able to borrow $50,000 here, you know, $100,000. Well, I knew that I could go out and buy myself three or four really good deals and the combined residual would be $8,000 a month from those deals. And then my debt payment on that money was... 800 bucks a month. Right. Yeah. I was Six, thinking probably not even that. It less than a thousand for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now I have this situation where I'm leveraging somebody else's money. Right. So the skill that I would encourage a lot of you to think about as you move into 
the trends we've talked about in previous podcasts and things like that, as you think about the trends moving forward, think about how could I leverage capital in order to buy accounts? How can I use my money towards marketing? And for those of you, this is the, the other irony, Patty, for those of you that are larger that are wondering what you could do about this, you have your own ISO, okay? Let me, let me give you a huge tip, all right? If you're willing to buy accounts for 24X, right? Okay, then if an agent brings you a deal, a potential deal, and the acquisition yeah. cost would be an 18X, you should do it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I can't get anyone to understand this, Patty. Frankly, it really drives me crazy right I know, now. I know, I we, know. We've talked about this before. It is it, it, Many it's, times. Yeah, it's crazy. So if you, if you, it's just crazy. The agent will come to you and say, hey, I want to sell my existing portfolio and, and, you, and, and I'm willing to sell for a 20X. You're doing cartwheels. Oh my word, we got it for right. 20X. What a great ROI. Right. The same agent comes to the next day and says, I got a restaurant willing to sign a three-year agreement, but they need, we need $15,000 in equipment and I'm going to make 2,000 a month in residual. And you know, you're going to make 900 or whatever. That's a 16, 17X. You should be flipping cartwheels. When you right. write that $15,000 check, just like you were the day before, when right. you wrote the check to buy the accounts that were already active. I don't understand yeah. why it's like, we can't seem to understand this, but anyway, our, our industry seems to be just like, you know, it's really? like a, it's, it's like a, a flowing river of liquid capital when you already have accounts and you want to sell them. Right. But it's like nothing is available when you have an account and you want to board it. So anyway. It reminds me of an expression my mom used to use, you know, when she would say people were penny wise and pound foolish. Yes, exactly. It's a, it's a similar kind of it concept is. here, right? So think about marketing. Think about using your capital more efficiently. And instead of trying to buy a small portfolio uh, by acquiring somebody else's portfolio, why don't you just go give the money directly to the merchant in exchange for them signing up? I think that's a great idea. And like we said, like I said a few minutes ago, I mean, it's not like, you know, uh, interlopers haven't been using the same. Yes, this has been happening for a long time. So, yep. yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So, great, great advice. Thanks, James. This is the Insider's Report with Patty Murphy, brought to you by The Green Sheet. For nearly 40 years, The Green Sheet has been the go to source for news, analysis, and educational tools that empower and connect payments professionals. If you're not reading the Green Sheet already, check it out on the web today at www.greensheet.com. Well, James, I think it's uh, safe to say that having been caught off guard enough to be broadsided by the Durbin Amendment, banks and payments companies are wait aren't waiting around for the other shoe to drop this time, especially mm -hmm. since uh, Senator Durbin has already unlaced the shoe, so to speak. Uh, you know, with the Credit yeah. Card Competition Act. Right. Um, you know, just to recap, that's a legislation that was authored by him and a Republican from Kansas known as Roger Marshall. It would prohibit card issuers from dictating which networks process transactions for their credit cards. Now, the original Durbin Amendment uh, had a similar requirement for debit card issuers and and that triggered a bit of a kerfuffle around uh, so-called pinless debit. You know, we've talked about this before. Here's a brief refresher. Pinless debit uh, card payments are most typical for small dollar and e-commerce transactions. Right. They require special functionality to be programmed into the chip. And a lot of issuers have opted not to do that, which resulted in an edict being handed down by the Fed um, last year. Um, require them to take steps to replace those cards with 
cards that will, with chips that will, um, by July of 2023. Right. Now, the two senators attempted to attach that bill to as an amendment to a defense funds, um, funding bill um, back in the fall. That maneuver was squatted down, but opponents aren't taking any chances. Um, the fact that it had, you know, this legislation has bipartisan support, you know, suggests it could gain legs in the new Congress. You never know. Um, you know, just as an aside, you got to remember that every January, um, the January following every election, in other words, every two years, starts a brand new Congress. Bill writing starts from scratch. There's no holdovers. You know, legislation that was introduced in this Congress, it didn't get through and they want to get it through. They got to start from scratch right. next it's, year. It's dead on arrival and they got to start over. Right, right. Um, it's this certainty that something like the Credit Card Competition Act will emerge in the new Congress that has opponents gearing up and doing so in a way that aims to educate the credit card using public that regulations like this are going to be lead to less consumer choice. Um, but most importantly, this is where they caught on. It's going to sound the death knell for card points. Yep. So this week, I want to talk about a seven-figure ad campaign that's being launched by a pro-business group known as uh, the American Free Enterprise Action, or AmFree Action for short. Next okay. week, I'm going to cover another report, a report from the Electronic Payments Coalition okay. that gives some more ammunition for this, um, because it does need to become a battle. I really believe this. The AmFree Action ads, there's three in all. There's, I love these. There, and you can just go on Google um, or go on uh, YouTube and just Google AmFree Action okay. and uh, Pointless, Pointless Kansas. The commercials okay. take place in Pointless, Kansas. And so the commercials highlight businesses and residents that have had their life, livelihoods negatively impacted by life without rewards points. Empty hotels, empty an empty airport. And the, the narrator says, would you want to live in a world without points? You know, and he lays out these scenarios where thriving businesses are now bereft of business. Right. Uh, They've been slated to um, run nationwide on streaming platforms like Hulu and Roku and YouTube and various social media platforms. Now, as a friend of mine says, who watches Roku? But um, I'm sure there are people who do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, but, you know, as I've said in the past, um, this industry needs to come up with something that Americans can relate to. You know, yeah. something like what the retailers did when they came up with that term swipe fee. Right. I, I like this idea of pointless. Pointless, I think. Because I think I think pointless is great because it's it's it's, it's pointless. double entendre. <laughs> yeah, I love it. That's really good actually. Yeah. I, first really, I've heard of it, so I like it. Yeah. So you know, keep an eye out for these and uh, you know you know, if you have an in with your local media, you know, I'm sure you can download these and, and um, forward them to your local yeah. media outlets. I've already seen a few articles appearing online that quote these commercials so um, it'll be interesting to see very cool wow thanks for heads up on that i can't wait to look at them yeah yeah thank you for listening to the merchant sales podcast whether you are an industry veteran processing executive or just trying to learn about the payment space we appreciate your time the merchant sales podcast is a joint production of greensheet.com and ccsalespro.com and we hope you will tune in next week for more information and tips on building your merchant services business.